My name is Angelo and welcome to We Want Picks. I'm going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 66 fight card, giving you my picks, my predictions, and my bets. This is the last event of the year, so strap in and enjoy the ride because we're also going to give away $1,000. We're going to give $1,000 away to a subscriber, and all you need to do is subscribe to this channel, subscribe to our other channel, which is Picks Nation, and comment on the giveaway video. That's it. All three of those things are 100% free. You do those things, and if we hit 10,000 subscribers before the end of the year, which we're definitely going to do, we're giving away $1,000. So make sure you subscribe to both channels, comment on the video, and then we're just going to use a random comment picker. And whoever hits that gets $1,000. All the links to the channels and the video to comment on are in the description. Take two minutes. Try to get yourself 1000 bucks. Speaking of money, we're just... I mean, the amount of money that we have given you people over the last five events is insane. 61 units of net profit over the last five events. Net profit means we got all our money back. Then on top of that, 61 units of additional money. We've absolutely been crushing it. Premium members, hopefully you've been paying your mortgages left and right and Christmas is gonna be a lot nicer this year than years past because of everything that we've given you. Last night was a little wonky with the main event, but thankfully, Moneyline bets were refunded if you had Ankalaev. And then if you had Ankalaev in your parlays, they honored the parlays. So we're good. We are up units. I was up units no matter what, even without that Ankalaev fight. Jacob needed the Ankalaev fight. He had a four-unit parlay, which is what pulled his numbers clean up. So overall... Up units big time. We've been absolutely crushing it. 61 units of net profit over the last five events. That does not include the safety parlay, which has, has hit has, 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 which has hit the last five events and does not include any of the other fantasy content or any of the live bets. And those are all up big as well. These are just straight up bets that we put for premium members ready to go right there. 61 units over five events. This is the last unit. Last unit, last event of the year. Let's continue to stack on and really make Christmas one for the ages. So become a premium member today. It's only $10 a month, $10 a month. I don't know what else I would need to do if you were thinking about it and haven't signed up yet. I have no idea. I've given you 61 units of net profit over the last five events. Five events in a row, up money, up money, up money, up money. We're averaging more than 10 units per event of profit. If a unit is $10, I've given you years, five years, five years of premium membership. Go to wewantpicks.com. At the top, click become a member. It's $10 a month. That is only $2.50 a freaking week. Sign up now. Get access to everything so that you can make a bunch of money. Wewantpicks.com. At the top, click become a member. And if you want 50 bucks, listen, every dollar counts. You want $50 before the holidays? Go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners using our link. Make a deposit and we'll send you 50 bucks. It's affiliate marketing. They pay us, we pay you. It's very, very simple. Very simple. Wewantpicks.com slash bets. Use the link. Make the deposit. We'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. And let's jump into this card. We have 14 fights. And listen, the last card I thought was tricky as hell. UFC Orlando. I thought was tricky as hell. We managed to clean up and make a bunch of money there. 
This is another card that I, I genuinely feel like is really, really tricky. So hopefully things just keep trending the way they have been and we close out the year just on a beach in Bali. But let's go ahead. Sergei Morozov taking on Journey Newsom. Sergei Morozov is a busy striker. He averages about three takedowns per fight as well. He's a good counterpuncher with a solid power behind him. His counter striking works really well for him because he baits you into a striking match before dropping and then shooting. Even in fights where he is taken down, like against Umar Nurmagomedov, he never stops moving. He never settles in. He keeps his head and his chin straight up, which can make him hittable though. And that was never more obvious than in his last fight. His striking with Rulian Paeva was not great. And he should have been wrestling, but he was striking instead. And then there's no official knockdown scored, but he was definitely rocked more than once. Journey Newsom is a come-forward striker with incredible power, but in a tale as old as time, he is a grappler. He just doesn't use it in his fights. He discovered power in his hands, fell in love with it, and now he chases knockouts. When he does wrestle, he's got decent takedowns, and even if his entries aren't great, he sticks with them and is constantly pressuring forward until he gets it. When it hits the ground, he has slick transitions, but he can struggle with control. He's coming off the decision win over Fernie Garcia, where he did go back to his wrestling roots, and this is a tricky fight to break down because I think Sergey is going to win this fight 7 out of 10 times. But Journey Newsom looked incredible in his last fight, and that version of Journey, the one in his last fight, I think he can beat Sergey. His striking looked great. His takedowns were solid. And if he's that well-rounded in this fight, I think he can get it done. I'm going to do, I'm just going to give the, the slightest lean towards Sergey here because I think he's got the better takedown defense. And I think he could potentially stop a takedown attempt or two and then get his own. But right now, Morozov's a decent favorite, but this should be a 50-50 fight. And I am going to find a way to bet on Journey Newsom for sure. Then we have David Dvorak taking on Manel Kopp. David Dvorak is a striker with nice forward pressure and activity. He has really nice low kicks paired with solid boxing, and he's fundamentally sound and very good overall. He has no takedowns in the UFC, but he does have solid grappling when he needs to, and he showcased some of that in the scrambling and the submission win over Gianquimo Randeros. Well, I'm... <laughs> What a, what a journey I've been on with these names, and I've absolutely been crushing them lately. So congratulations to me. But anyway, David Dorak is coming off that loss to Matoush Nikolaou, which looks pretty good now, but it was a pretty low-volume fight where he was knocked down and did give up the decision. Manel Kopp is a fast, explosive striker who has no issues chasing a knockout. He's a southpaw with good pressure, and he bounces in and out of range really well. He's a decent wrestler when he needs to be, and he closes distance well when he wants to. He's very fun to watch, but at times, he's having too much fun, and he makes fight IQ mistakes. He's coming back after about a year away and two knockout wins in a row. I like David Dorak in this spot. Manel's dangerous for sure, but he can be a little too hesitant and he lets his opponent set the pace. Dvorak is very technically sound and he can use those leg kicks to stay out of danger and sort of take that explosive niff, oh, explosive niff, niss away from Manel. Cop, listen guys, I stayed up very late watching the fights. I drank. It's early. My tongue's gonna be a little tied in these breakdowns. I like Dvorak to chop down the tree and take the decision. This is a striker versus striker. But I do think it's going to be a pretty boring fight, almost like Dvorak versus Matoush in that last one, minus the knockdowns. 
The bet here, though, because Dvorak is a good-sized underdog, is going to be plus three and a half because I think he can win this fight. At the very least, he can lose a 29-28. So if you don't know what the plus three and a half is, it's a bet online exclusive. And you basically buy three and a half points on the judges' scorecards. And the way that math works out is if David Dvorak wins one single round, one round, he can lose the fight, but if he wins one round and it goes to a decision, you get paid. So we don't have odds for that. Those props all drop on Tuesdays, but that is what I will be looking for in this fight. So Dvorak is the pick. I'm not going to go straight money line. I'll hedge it a little bit with the plus three and a half because maybe he does lose a decision, but as long as he takes a round, I'll be good there. And if you want to follow that bet or keep your eye on it, two things. One, go to weonpicks.com, become a premium member as soon as that bet drops. And as soon as I place it, you will get an alert to your phone after you've linked Discord saying, hey, Angelo placed this bet. So keep an eye on that. And two, if you want to sign up for Bet Online and don't have an account now, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Click on Bet Online using our link. Sign up, make a deposit. I'll send you $50 as a thank you. They by far have the best prop bets for MMA. Then we have Brian Battle taking on Renat Fakrantindinov. I just bragged about how well I did with these names, and I did not do that one well. Brian Battle is coming off an incredibly fast head kick knockout win over Takashi Sato. He's a good striker with solid volume and nice head kicks. He's shown us that he has a solid ground game, and he is never out of a fight. He averages more than one takedown per fight, but has a miserable 22% takedown accuracy. The tricky part about breaking down Brian is that He's improving at such an incredible pace that every single fight he's in, he physically looks better, his skills are better, he's more polished. Like, he is improving at an incredible rate. Renat Fakretidinov is a wrestler with heavy hands and a willingness to strike. He's constantly pressuring forward, throwing big one-twos, and then bending over and grabbing legs to work a takedown. His takedowns are interesting because I mentioned he's just bending over, right? He's not shooting full doubles. He doesn't even hit his knees half the time. He just bends over, grabs the leg, and then runs it from there. When he does get on top, he pounds away, and he is looking for a TKO more so than a submission. And this is a really tough card. And this fight specifically is pretty tough to break down because it's a short notice fight. And that weighs on me. Brian is always in incredible shape, but Renat isn't a normal fighter. He is already incredibly tough and he's a big step up compared to Brian's previous opponents. So Brian is A, stepping up on short notice and B, fighting the toughest guy he's ever had to fight. Those two things combined is why I'm going to go with Renat here. And I think his wrestling is going to be the difference. There's another fight where we have an incredibly live underdog in Brian Battle. And I'm going to see what I can do in that spot, whether it's a plus three and a half or a win inside the distance decision, no action. But I like Renat here. The short notice isn't going to do Brian Battle any favors, even though he's always in shape. And then we got Hafa Garcia. It's actually Rafa with an R because he's not Brazilian. Rafa Garcia taking on Mahachete. Mahashete is only 23 years old and he has 10 fights, which is not a ton, but he does have a ton of composure. Style-wise, he's a fun, creative striker who can hang in a firefight or dance on the outside in a technical kickboxing match. He mixes in traditional martial arts techniques like sidekicks with flashy ones like just spinning or step-in elbows. If you let him dictate the pace, you could have a very long night, but if you stay in his face, 
you can have success getting to his chin. He's coming off that knockout win in his UFC debut over Steve Garcia. And Rafa Garcia is a good grappler with heavy hands and just okay cardio. He's an absolute dog when he fights. And even when he is completely gassed, he's still pushing and still chasing a KO. He is very dangerous. And while he's a grappler at his core... With seven submission wins, he has legit power in his hands, and many of those submissions were set up from strikes. I like Rafa here. I think Mahashete is definitely dangerous, but he also gets taken down easily, and Rafa Garcia has 18 takedowns in his last four fights. I think Rafa's chin and offensive grappling is going to get this done, and I like him at almost even money here. Mahashete actually opened up as the favorite, and this line is flipped. And it's actually wild because Mahashete was a plus 1,000 underdog on the Contender Series. And that was against a much lesser opponent than Rafa. Obviously, he won that fight. And then he won his next fight. But this dude went from plus 1,000 to even money in two fights. And he didn't look that amazing in either one. So anyway, Rafa Garcia is the pick. I do have a money line bet on him. If you're a premium member, you saw that. And hopefully, you're getting it ahead of the line movement. If you're not a premium member, become one. It's only $10 a month. We've given you 61 units of net profit over the last five events. We can't miss. So just go to wewantpicks.com at the top, click become a member. It's freaking $10. It's $10. The line movement alone is going to cover that $10. Then we have Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Saeed Kakramanov. And I'm crushing the names on this event. Look at how many letters. Look at how many letters. I literally had to change the font to get it to fit. Anyway, Saeed Nurmagomedov is not related to the rest of the Nurmagomedovs. And it's pretty obvious because he's not a wrestler. He's a flashy striker who uses his length really well. His range keeps him dangerous both in and out of the pocket. He can literally throw kicks to your head while standing only a few feet in front of you. His striking is versatile, and he has an impressive 4-2 to two striking differential with an okay 61% takedown defense. He's 5-1 and one in the UFC with three stoppages and only two takedowns. And the highlight here is only two takedowns. Don't see the last name and then jump to conclusions to just start parlaying this dude because you think it's going to be Wrestle City. Saeed Kakramanov is a very well-rounded guy. He's comfortable on his feet with a quick jab and a good amount of low kicks that he uses to gauge distance. You could label him as a striker, but he has very good takedown defense, very good takedown offense, and solid submissions as well. He's coming off the absolute destruction of Ronnie Lawrence where he had 10 takedowns and 12 minutes of control and going into this fight his last fight a lot of people thought that Ronnie Lawrence was just gonna body Kakramanov but that is not what happened it wasn't even close we always knew that he could strike and now we know he can wrestle so I like Kakramanov in this fight I hope that he has that same energy here that same wrestling pace here that he did against Ronnie because if he does this should be his fight and it should look I mean, it should be some big brother bullying going on there. So Kakramanov is the pick, and I'm just hoping he comes out here with that same game plan as his last fight. Then we have Julian Marquez taking on the always undersized, but always tough, Duran Wynn. Julian Marquez, a pretty well-rounded guy. He normally has a solid chin and pretty good cardio. He's incredibly tough, and all nine wins are by finish. Julian's boxing is pretty good, and he uses it well to back you up until you're worn down. His last three UFC wins are by submission, but he's more of an opportunistic grappler, meaning he never really initiates the grappling exchanges, and 
You'd see that by his zero takedowns in the UFC. But if one is presented to him, he's going to take it. And just watch how he put out Sam Alvey cold. It was slick and brutal at the same time. He also has a nice come-from-behind submission over Maki Patolo a couple of fights ago. He's coming off that KO loss to Gregory Rodriguez, which is the first time that we've seen his chin sort of give out on him. Duran Wynn is also a pretty tough guy. He's got solid aggression on his feet, and he continues to come forward with a wrestling offense. He's got an insane 12 takedowns in his win over Antonio Arroyo and six against Darren Stewart before that. He's just a short little tank of a guy with looping power shots, powerful hips, and a very straightforward game plan. He relies on being tough while throwing bombs and shooting takedowns. He's coming off the very one-sided loss to Phil Hawes where he was absolutely pieced up before the ref eventually came in and stopped it. I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot on this card, right? There's a handful of fights where the underdog is incredibly live, and that always worries me. I'm going to go ahead and pick Julian Marquez here because he's absolutely the more well-rounded fighter, but Duran has a very clear path to victory. Come forward, throw heat, get the takedown. Julian only has a 53% takedown defense, and he has been taken down 14 times in six UFC fights. Luckily for him, he was able to sort of win most of those. But if he can't find the stoppage, those are decision losses. So Marquez is the pick, but the bet is going to be Duran win more takedowns landed when Bet Online drops that. We just cashed that on Jared Gordon versus Patty Pimblett, right? I was like, eh, Patty probably wins this fight. I don't trust him enough to put money on him, but I'm going to bet on Jared Gordon to get more takedowns. Same thing here. I mean, the line's probably going to be juiced because Duran is the wrestler, but even at minus 350, all he needs to do is get more takedowns than Julian. He doesn't even need to win the fight. Just get more takedowns than Julian, and I'll get paid, and I'm positive that'll happen. Those are dropped. It's only it's a bet online exclusive, and it's anywhere from Tuesday to Friday. Like It's random when they drop those prop bets, so make sure you're a premium member and then link your Discord, which is free, and you'll get alerts to your phone. You were literally like... And then you'll see, oh, Angelo placed this bet. Let me do it. Anybody who had Discord connected on Friday morning, you saw that I dropped, actually Friday midday or afternoon, I dropped that Jared Gordon bet. So anybody that tailed got a plus 160 payout there. So make sure you're a premium member. It's only $10 a month. At this point, I don't even need to convince you that that's an insignificant amount of money for what you're getting. But make sure you link your Discord. It's two clicks. It's free. It costs nothing. And if you don't have a Discord, just make one. And you'll get alerts to your phone when we place these bets. And it's very important for prop bets because lines move. So you want to hit that before those lines take off on you. Then we got Jake Matthews taking on Matt Semi-Semmelsberger. Jake Matthews is a pretty well-rounded guy. He's got solid wrestling, very good grappling, and a nice variety of strikes. He works angles well and has no problem mixing up body shots and headshots. He averages almost two takedowns per fight. He has a solid striking differential of three to two and very real power in his hands. We saw that power in his knockout win over Andre Fialo after a year away. Matt Semmelsberger is an aggressive striker who just marches forward. He's got solid leg kicks and good body work. He has power, but he gets most of his finishes with grit and pressure. The marching forward can wilt some opponents who don't like that pressure, but it can also get him in trouble at times. He's coming off that loss to Alex Morono, where he had no answer for the striking volume but did have a knockdown and a takedown. And I love Jake Matthews in this spot. And the reason I love him is that Semmelsberger versus A.J. Fletcher fight. A.J. took Matt down four times on short notice and would have won that fight 
if he had just a second or two more of control time. The Alex Morono fight showed us that Matt is dangerous, but can be outvolumed. I like Jake Matthews to not only outvolume Matt in his feet, but also take him down and control him on the ground. He'll get the takedowns that AJ got, but he'll have more control. Obviously, when you have someone who hits as hard as Semmelsberger, he's always going to be live. But I can't make picks or bets hoping for a come-from-behind KO. So Matthews is the pick here, and I'm pretty confident on him to get it done. Then we got Cheyenne Vlismas taking on Corey McKenna. Cheyenne Vismas, formerly Cheyenne Bays. This is where all the turds and dorks that have no personalities or sense of humors make jokes about her and Roman Delizze. It's stupid. She's a grown-ass woman, and she's fighting Corey McKenna. So Cheyenne Vlismas is a fun striker with high output and pressure with combinations. She may not be the most technically sound kickboxer, but her striking differential is pretty impressive at 5-2. to two. She also has solid takedown defense at 60%, and that might sound low to you, but if you remove the Montserrat Ruiz fight, Cheyenne has defended Every single takedown attempt on her in the UFC, which was 10. She's coming off the win over Mallory Martin, where she landed 146 strikes and defended five takedowns for fight of the night. Corey McKenna is a very well-rounded fighter and a ton of fun to watch. She literally does everything. She'll march forward throwing one-twos. Then she'll back away and stay out of the pocket and throw Superman punches or head kicks to get back in. When she grapples, she's got okay entries, but she will literally just pick you up and slam you before working submissions. She can be hittable. She definitely needs to clean some things up and actually calm down a little bit. But she's tough, she's busy, and she makes it work. She's coming off that win over Miranda Granger where she had three takedowns and almost five minutes of control time before getting the submission. This should be a really fun fight. I imagine Cheyenne will be the better striker and Corey the better grappler. Cheyenne's takedown defense has absolutely improved, but so has Corey's takedown offense and I think this entire fight's going to come down to volume and takedowns. If Cheyenne can land at the same pace she did in her last fight, I see her winning, even if Corey gets the takedowns. But if she's too afraid to commit to the strikes because she's going to end up defending takedowns, then I see her giving up minutes and ultimately rounds for the decision. I'm going to go slight lean for Corey. I think she sets a relentless grappling place and takes this decision. The only bet here, though is going to be the over on the round line. It's not dropped yet, but it'll be a two and a half. This is going to go to a decision. And I have had a ton of success lately, the last two or three weeks, contributing to the massive amount of units we've been putting on the board are round prop parlays. Just two or three fights. I'm usually doing over one and a halves, but if I see a two and a half where I'm positive it's going to go to a decision like two weeks ago with the Angela Hill fight and stuff like that, we're just... Parlay those together, and they've been absolutely cashing. So, Corey McKenna is going to be the pick here, but the bet is going to be an over round parlay once those odds drop and they drop those lines. It's going to be a two and a half. So, just plan on that. Then we have Cody Brundage taking on Mikhail Olin Jaychuk. Cody Brundage was a solid college wrestler, and he's transitioned to MMA. He's got decent chain wrestling, and he throws big, heavy punches to set up his takedowns. He uses his wrestling well and always pushes forward. He's coming off a couple solid wins in a row. The first was the submission over Dalcha Lungambula, where he was rocked a few times and almost KO'd, but he got it done. And then more recently, he showcased his power over Trayson Gore with that knockout. He was scheduled to fight Rodolfo Vieira a few cards ago, but that was scrapped, and now he's stepping up on short notice to get that Christmas cash. And McCall Olin Jaychuk 
He's a very good striker. He's got fast hands, a ton of pressure. He has power, but not really a ton. His speed is absolutely his biggest asset. He is just lightning fast and pretty much faster than everybody he fights. He is dangerous on his feet, but he does have grappling holes. He's coming off that KO win over Sam Alvey, though, where he got away from his Noyle sort of normal touch-and-go style, and we got to see just bombs and overhands and very real power. If Cody had a full camp, he'd be my pick. We have seen his power in his last fight, and we know he can wrestle. McCall has just shoddy takedown defense, and as long as Cody avoids the power, he could have some success. I'm always weary of short-notice fights at the end of the year, though, because lots of these fighters are willing to step up to get that holiday money, get that fight in before the year is done, and they might not be fully ready to go. And I'm not saying that's the case here because we don't know, but it could be. And I, I was getting a little nervous with short notice towards the end of the year for that exact reason. I think McCall is going to be able to weather an early storm, potentially take a decision, or even maybe a late finish. McCall's going to be the pick. I'm going to find a way to bet on Cody, probably plus three and a half or definitely the more takedowns. So we talked about this a lot. And listen, I'm repeating myself, but frankly, if I make money on that type of prop bet, I'm going to continue placing that type of prop bet. And what I'm talking about is bet online is the only sports book that does this. They have a more takedowns. So it'll be Cody, McCall, more takedowns. And you just pick Cody or McCall and they'll have a line there. If there are no takedowns or it's a tie, it's a push. You get your money back. And in this fight, there is no way that McCall's going to get more takedowns than Cody Brunish. Cody may not get any, so that's a refund. But he's not going to get fewer than McCall. So as soon as that prop bet drops, I'm going to hit it. The only issue is they don't let you parlay them, and sometimes you get a juice line. Like, it might be minus 600, which I won't do. But if it's minus 350, even minus 400, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do that. I wish they let you parlay them, but it is what it is. So make sure you're a premium member so that you get that alert to your phone. I'm not going to tell you why you should be a premium member. You should know at this point. But the alert, the alert is so important. You don't want to wait till the end of the day. Oh, let me log in, see what they put on the board. No, get it pushed to your phone. So if you're taking a quick shit, you can just look, oh shit. Oh, let me place this bet real quick before the line moves. It's that simple. That was me looking at my phone. You can't tell. I was looking at my phone. Anyway, become a premium member at wewantpicks.com. It's only $10 a month. But once you do, the very first thing you should do is click on account and then link your Discord so you can get those alerts. McCall's the pick. The bet's going to be Cody when those props drop. Then we have, this, is, this was one of the hardest fights to break down. I've asked 10 people coming into this. Hey, who do you think wins? Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. I've gotten 10 different answers. Well, there's only two outcomes, but you get what I'm saying. Everybody is split. This is a really tough fight. So we got two Drew Dober taking on Bobby Green. Drew Dober, at this point, I mean, this guy's an animal. Look at that freaking chin. He's a take one to give one striker, and he has the best pound-for-pound -pound chin in MMA. He's got nice power and a willingness to brawl. He is technically sound, but that doesn't stop him from getting wild. He's very durable, and unless you're Islam, any fight with Drew Dober is a tough outing. And I wouldn't say he has holes on the ground, but historically speaking, the way that you beat Drew Dober is you take him down. Bobby Green is a busy striker with a showboat, hands at his waist, Roy Jones Jr. kind of style. He's got great volume, incredible defense, and slick wrestling as a backup plan. We don't see the wrestling that often anymore. He seems to be hitting his prime right now with 
two really nice back-to-back -back wins, and then that loss to Islam. That loss to Islam is a non-factor here. He took that on one week's notice. He was taken down within seconds. He knew he wasn't going to, he didn't give a shit. He wanted to make his money and be done with it. So I'm literally not even factoring that loss into the equation here when we're talking about Bobby Green and breaking him down. You've seen the rumors, though. Bobby Green was cut from the UFC. That wasn't true. He was not cut from the UFC. That There was that, that bot that has that Twitter UFC roster watch. There was just probably some adjustments in the UFC roster because Bobby Green was suspended for a, a banned substance. He got a six-month suspension. So then a tweet went out saying he was cut. He wasn't cut. He still has his job. It was just a six-month suspension. He admitted to taking that substance and his whole thing was, hey, I didn't even know this was banned. And honestly, it seems fair um, with what the substance was and the penalty was only six months instead of two years. Another tricky fight. Bobby should be the more technically sound striker with higher volume and better defense, but Drew will absolutely have the power advantage. And he has that freaking chin. Bobby's not a guy that you can just put away easily. And even Fizayev had trouble with Bobby Drew Dober has only won three decisions in the UFC and two of them needed his wrestling, which I just don't see working in this fight. This is a really tough pick. And what's going to suck is that this card is going to murder a lot of people. There are going to be a lot of people just devastated with this card. There's going to be a lot of decisions that go a weird way or just a lot of fights that go the opposite way. And that's going to suck, especially before the break. But I'm going with Drew Dober here because I think he's the more dangerous guy but this could look a lot like Bobby versus Nazrat, where Drew Dober's just getting touched up. So Drew Dober's the pick. I'm probably going to stay very far away from this fight as far as bets are concerned because I'm not confident enough and I'm not going to be the idiot crying in my own tears on Saturday when it goes the opposite direction. The reason we're up 61 units over the last five events is because we pick our spots. Listen, Patty got that decision. But if you listen to those breakdowns, I was full. Don't bet on Patty. Don't put him in your parlay. So... He ended up paying people, but he shouldn't have. And that's the point here. You don't need to bet every fight, especially not close ones like this. Then we have Bruce Leroy taking on Julian Erosa. And Alex Caceres is a tried and true vet, even though he is only 34 years old. He's pretty good everywhere. His striking is solid. His durability is solid. His wrestling and grappling are better than you would expect. And he's got a wealth of experience against pretty high-level opponents. He does not really have raw power, but he has volume, accuracy, and nice scrambles. He's coming off that loss to Yusuf Zalal that broke a five-fight win streak. Julian Erosa is incredibly fun to watch. He's very violent, a good striker. He's got a ton of finishes. He throws absolutely everything with intent. He has his most success. Oh, I knew I was going to butcher that. Guys, I told you. I was up late, drinking. I woke up at five. It's, it's been a day. It's been a day. He throws absolutely everything with intent. He has his most success fighting at range but has no problem getting sucked into a firefight. He has solid MMA jiu-jitsu if he needs it, like we saw against Charles Jourdain, but it's not something he looks for. And when he does get takedowns, it's mostly for damage. He's done a really good job working in takedowns recently, though, with seven in his last three fights. He's coming off that win over Hakeem Dawadu, where he avoided the power and he fought smart. 
I love Julian Arosa in this spot, and he's one of the few confident picks I have on this card. I think he can win the stand-up exchanges and then stay alive if it hits the ground. He should have more power, more volume, and good enough takedowns to keep Leroy guessing. Obviously, when you get somebody with as much experience as Caceres, they can sneak out a win, but Julian should be dangerous enough and well-rounded enough to get this done. So Julian Arosa, I'm... I'm very confident in that fight. Maybe too confident, but I am confident in that fight, especially that he's been wrestling a little more lately. Then we have Amir Albazi taking on Alessandro Costa. Amir Albazi is a legit prospect. He's got solid grappling, solid striking, and he sets a very nice pace. He's very comfortable striking where he's just light on his toes and he bounces in and out. He's got a nice long jab. The fact that he is light on his toes allows him to quickly lower his level and then snatch up legs and wrestle. On the ground, he's a very slick grappler and isn't just a wrestler looking for control. He'll take risks, he'll roll for positions, and he'll snatch things up. Amir is very good, and I expect him to be ranked in 2023. He's coming off the first round submission win over Francisco Figueredo just a few months ago. Alessandro Costa is a solid striker with pretty good takedown defense. His striking style is a high, tight guard, and he is patient. He'll wait to find his spots. When he finally takes his hands off of his face to throw, he throws with 100% intent and does a really nice job of small combinations. So he'll leap in with a left to the body, then go straight to the head. He's got very real power, but he can be low volume. I love Albazi here. He's definitely going to need to be careful with the raw power of Costa, and he's going to need to be careful, you know, just not to chase. But he should be better literally everywhere outside of raw power. So I like Albazi to point strike, to work in the takedowns. This is going to be a very clear win, potentially a stoppage. I think Albazi's good for parlays, and I think the best bet here is going to be minus three and a half. We talk about the plus three and a half, where a fighter just needs to win one round, and then you get paid. They have the exact opposite. You can subtract three and a half points. So if Albazi wins inside the distance or a 30-27 on at least two scorecards, you're good. You get paid. And I think that's exactly what happens here. I don't see Albazi giving up a round. So as soon as those drop on Tuesday, I will look at that. I'll probably jump on that bet, take that bet. And that's a great bet when you have expensive favorites that you don't think you're going to give an inch in the fight. So once those drops, I'll hit it. If you're a premium member, you'll get the alert in your phone. So just make sure your Discord is linked. Then we got Armin Sarukian. And he's taking on Demir Ismagulov. And this could have been the main event. This is, this is an amazing fight. This is an amazing fight that has title implications, at least, you know, soon. Armin... Incredible wrestler who has managed to piece together a very nice striking game as well. He uses his solid footwork, his setups for both his strikes and his takedowns. He's athletic and he's going to mix in kicks fluidly. He's coming off that close loss to Gamrot where you're going to see that he was taken down six times if you're only looking at the stats. But there were positives as well. He defended 15 takedowns and landed more total and more significant strikes in a five-round war. A lot of people thought Armin won that. I don't think he necessarily won, 
but he looked much better in real life than the stats will tell you. Demir Ismagulov is a terror. He's very good everywhere and has the cardio to back it up. He's a smart fighter and he makes adjustments throughout the fight. He uses his length and range for the striking and then works in takedowns when he needs them. He has wins over Tiago Moises and Joel Alvarez where he showcased his dominant striking and then he has wins over Alex Gorgiz and Rafael Alves where he worked in his wrestling. He's a very dominant guy. He's not a finisher at all. He's coming off the split decision win over Garam, where he went 0 for 6 on takedown attempts. And this is a razor-thin fight between arguably two top five guys that could both be champion within the next year or two. Armin is a mid-sized favorite here, but it should be closer than that. I'm a huge Armin guy, and if you remember, the same hate I got for saying Ilya Tapori was going to smoke Bryce Mitchell... I got when I said Armin was going to smoke Joel Alvarez. And it makes no sense because they were the favorites. And and people, you idiot, you don't know. And then absolute destruction. So I'm an Armin guy, and he's going to have a place in my heart forever. I think he looked decent in his last fight, but he did start to fade, and that's what cost him. Demir has incredible cardio, and fading against could cost him here as well. But this is a three-round fight, not a five like Armin's last fight. I'm going to stick with my guy here. I'm hoping that loss to Gamrot just sort of helps moving him forward. I think he learns from that loss, tweaks a few things, and continues to improve. And luckily, Demir is not the wrestler that Gamrot is. And I see Armin getting the takedowns and winning the scramble. So Armin Sarukian is the pick. He's absolutely the pick. This is another uh, takedown prep bet. We'll do the more because Demir's not going to take down Armin and Armin is either going to take down Demir or not get a takedown. And either way, I'm good. I'll get a refund or I'll get paid. So again, premium members, link your Discord. Make sure you get that alert when I place that bet. Jared Cannonier taking on Sean Strickland in the main event. Jared Cannonier is a very powerful guy. He's incredibly dangerous. He switches from southpaw to orthodox, and he throws kicks from both sides as well. He's got okay grappling, but it's mostly defensive. He is massive for this weight class, and if you don't know, he started his career at heavyweight, and he just slowly worked his way down. He has only two takedowns in the UFC, but if he ends up on top, he's got a ton of power and pressure. He's coming off that title fight loss to Israel Adesanya, where he went 0 for 4 on takedown attempts, but he did land 143 total strikes, and he did take a round off him. Sean Strickland is a blue-collar striker. He just walks forward. He throws a ton of punches. He doesn't have incredible power, but it can be deceiving, right? He'll land jabs that seem to do some real damage. And even though the strikes are coming from his arms and not his hips, he manages to touch people up. He's got fantastic takedown defense at 85%. And we saw against Uriah Hall a pretty impressive takedown offense game as well. He had four takedowns in that fight, and now he averages more than one per fight total. He's coming off the flat line knockout loss to the now champion Alex Pajeda. A lot of people love Sean Strickland, and certainly in press conferences, right? He's a ton of fun, but I think he's overrated. He walks forward throwing arm punches, and he has somehow beaten some solid fighters like Jack Hermanson, Christoph Jotko, and Brendan Allen. But I think Pajeda showed us all that with some counter-striking and some power, you can put this guy out. And obviously, I'm simplifying that because Pajeda's the best striker in the division. He's literally proved that with his fists. I think Jared can win this fight. He has a good enough chin to not have issues with the arm punches, but he's going to need to pick up the volume. He averages about four significant strikes per minute where Strickland is at six. 
Cannoneer's going to be the pick, but I'm going to need the volume out of him. I think it's it's going to be very, very one-sided if he lets his hands go. If he doesn't, it's going to be a close fight, and he's going to get jabbed to death. But I'm going Jared Cannoneer here. He's the more dangerous fighter. I think he's the stronger fighter. I think he's the faster fighter. And, you know, hopefully he pours on a pace. But Sean Strickland has proven that he can jab his way to these decision wins. Guys, don't forget, we are giving away $1,000. I'm giving you $1,000, and you don't need no premium member pitch, none of that crap. All you need to do is subscribe to this channel that you're watching this video on, and then subscribe to our other channel, Picks Nation. Just click the subscribe button two times, and then comment on the giveaway video. We're gonna do a random comment selector, and if yours is picked, you get 1,000 bucks. The only caveat to all of this is we need 10 thousand subscribers before the end of the year i'm very confident we'll get there but if you're not share this with your friends and family and say hey guys do me a favor subscribe we got to get this to ten thousand so that i can get my thousand and frankly i'll put it up to vote when we get a little closer if we're going to do a thousand dollars to one person or maybe you prefer you know a couple people getting 500 four people getting 250 we'll figure out but the goal is to get to ten thousand so make sure you subscribe comment to be eligible and don't forget, guys, ah, you know what? Every, every Sunday, thanks for the video. Too many promos. Dude, eat my bung. Who cares? The pro you're watching a free video getting picks from a channel that has delivered 61 units of net profit over five events. You're going to complain about a promo? Kick rocks. Absolutely kick rocks. Go watch those Canadians. They don't do promos. They also don't give you 61 units. WeWantPicks.com. Click Become a Member. It's $10 a month. That's $2.50 a week. A week, $2.50 a week. If a unit is $10 for you and you've been hanging out for the last five events, I just gave you five years, 61 units, five years of membership. If a unit's 10 freaking dollars, we want picks.com, become a member. And if you need 50 bucks to get your life going, to get the holidays going, to kick it in the gear, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners, make a deposit, and we'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. It's affiliate marketing. You use our link, you make a deposit, they'll pay us, and then we pay you. We share it together. And frankly, that is the tone of this channel. This community that we're building is sharing. We're sharing we're all doing this together. We're all winning together. We're all making money together. I'm going to make money here, and I'm going to give you some money. You'll make some as well. We picks.com slash bets. Like, subscribe, do all the things. I don't know what day you're watching this, but our live stream this week is going to be on Monday instead of Tuesday, so make sure you clear your schedules and watch us instead of the other guys.